Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. The Timberwolves beat the Cleveland Cavs on Sunday. They led by as many as 24, had to hang on at the end. Darius Garland scored 27 of his 51 in the fourth. This was a, uh, it's not how the Wolves drew it up, but they came away with the win. It's the most important thing. We'll talk key takeaways from this game, how the Wolves were able to hold on, and what about the Wolves offense could tip us off to where this team goes from here. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Victory Monday. This is the Post Game Podcast. A big thank you, first of all, for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Locked On Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can find this show wherever you get podcasts. That includes the new Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also, of course, follow this show on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and my account, which is at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Timberwolves beat the Cavs on Sunday. They snapped a three-game losing streak coming into Sunday's game. They lost six out of their last seven. Yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers did not have Donovan Mitchell. They did not have Jared Allen. Arguably, their two best players, certainly two of their best three or four players, were not available in this game. The Wolves jumped all over the Cavs early, as you would hope that they would do in a game against a team missing their best player and two of their best players. That's very shorthanded. And Minnesota scored 40 in the first quarter, which we have not seen much consistent. Like we've seen really fast starts. We've seen decent first quarters, but the starting group ran up and down the floor all over the Cavs and built a 20 point lead at the end of the first. It was 17 points at halftime. And then it was back to 20 to start the fourth. The Wolves led by as many as 24 at one point in the third quarter. So this was a, a, a really dominant first three quarters for the Wolves. Um, like this wasn't just like a surge in the third quarter, end of the first half. This was a first quarter surge holding serve basically through the majority of the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter was all about Darius Garland. And I, I want to be clear. This is part of my main takeaway. The quote unquote collapse that, which is fair to say, right? The, the Wolves are up by 24 up by 20 with 12 to play, and then it was a two-point game with 32 seconds left in the game. I think it's fair to call that a collapse. It really is. But I'm not going to sit here and blame the Wolves. Chris Finch, actually, after the game, post-game, said he opened his presser basically by saying, like, hey, I'm not here to pick this performance apart. We This was a good win, right? Or, or we needed a win or something to that effect. But he, he said he didn't want to pick apart or, or be too critical, I think, with the was the wording he used, which is a smart play by him. This team's been scuffling. And he's looking for, he does, you know, nitpicking is not the right way to approach this. But it is true also. Like, that, that's not just like a being, you know, he, he's not just like holding back to try and coddle the team or whatever. This was all about Darius Garland getting hot. I mean, the Wolves, yeah, there were some sloppy possessions in the fourth quarter. There were a couple bad ant possessions. D'Lo had the ball just slip out of his hands out of bounds at one point. Um, 
like the Wolves could have done a better job on Darius Garland in the open floor. Um, but this was about a guy who came into the game shooting 30% on three-point attempts. Like, like seriously, 30% on three-point attempts was Darius Garland. What was his exact? It was like 30 point, um, 30.8 coming into the game. And he was 10 of 15 in this game. He made 10 threes. It was not in the scouting report to guard Darius Garland at 30 feet away from the basket, but he was pulling in transition. Um, the Wolves had Torian Prince on him in the fourth quarter, you know, put a bigger body on him. Uh, Jane McDaniels had foul trouble, eventually fouled out. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, and like, it's not TP's fault that Darius Garland is pulling up from 30 feet and making, you know, two thirds, two thirds of his three point attempts in this game. It's just nuts. I actually didn't think the Wolves played that badly in the fourth quarter. Um, they continue to score. This is a team that was second in defensive rating coming into the game. I know they didn't have Jerry Allen. That's a major, he's a big part of their defense. I'm not diminishing that at all, but the Wolves still managed to score 40 in the first quarter, 129 in the night. They even had 25 in the fourth when they weren't playing well overall, or, or I should say when the Cavs had their best quarter. So I'm not going to nitpick this win either. I don't, I don't like factually, it was somewhat of a collapse. They had to hang on at the end, but it wasn't their own doing. It wasn't the turnover fest, the defensive lapse fest, if you will, that it has been so much, so much of that lately. That didn't happen as much in this game. This was about Darius Garland just going completely bonkers and the Wolves simply doing enough to win the game. I mean, we can't pick apart the offensive performance from the Wolves, although there are a couple notes I want to make about it, mostly positive. Um, but the Wolves shot 56% from the field in this game. That's fantastic. They were 50% on threes, 12 of 24. Obviously, the, the frequency of attempts, only attempting 24 threes, that's abnormal. You know, that's low for the Wolves. Um, but, I mean, the Cavs shot 50% from three, too. But again, that was more just like insane shot making from Garland than anybody. I mean, nobody else really killed them from three. Kevin Love missed his first five three-point attempts and made his last three. Um, but at any rate, the Wolves executed really well for the majority of this game. There were a few lapses late, but they only committed three more turnovers than the Cavs. They won the points of the paint battle. Offensive rebounding, we'll talk about a little bit more later too, but for the most part, the Wolves played extremely well in this game. Um, and, and it's hard to get too upset with this performance. A couple of additional offensive notes. Um, I think we're really close. This game was really close to what Chris Finch wants to see offensively from this team. I talked about this a little bit on the live postcast with Marty Gellner um, that you can find on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube or the previous episode on the audio feed you can listen to now. Myself and Marty broke this down. But this, I think, was close to what Chris Finch wants to see out of his offense. Uh, D'Angelo Russell you know, getting inside the arc, probing in the mid range, having that threat. Not that Chris Finch wants a ton of mid range shots because he doesn't, but Delo is a legitimately good mid range shooter. And he's not, he wasn't making shots from anywhere for the past several games or really all season dating back to the end of last season for that matter. But Delo is comfortable from the mid range. And if he can get going from there, perhaps that opens up the rest of his game. So Delo did some stuff really well early, softened the defense and did a good job distributing. Carl Anthony Towns only had five first half points. But finished with 29. There was a lot of towns late. We'll talk. I want to talk more about his paint touches, post touches here next segment. But Cat got involved late in the game and, and really scoring from everywhere on the floor. Strong role player performances throughout from Torian Prince uh, to a lesser extent Kyle Anderson. Jalen Noel did some good things. Like, but Torian Prince was huge. And then Rudy Gobert 
had a relatively quiet double-double in this game, but he locked it down late in the game, had uh, one big block, another at least two or three altered shots in the final minutes, and then a massive deflection when the Cavs had a chance to tie the game. Down three, he deflects the inbounds pass at, at center court and uh, allows the Wolves to, to get fouled going the other way with an opportunity to stretch the game to two possessions, which they did. Um, and offensively, Gobert wasn't very involved, yet he still finished with 15 points. The Wolves weren't calling anything for Rudy. They barely ever do that anyway, although they've done it some early this season. And they didn't run a ton of, they didn't call a ton of pick and roll, right? Um, it was more just kind of within the flow of the offense. He played more of the Jared Vanderbilt-esque role where he kind of lurked in the dunker spot, was available for lobs. Um, he would kind of fade into the paint if the ball was on the opposite side of the floor. And the Wolves did a pretty good job of finding him. Um, you look at the box score in this game, Rudy had 15 and 13, five of 10 shooting. He got to the line eight times, was five of eight at the line. A couple of blocks, that's a pretty good Rudy game. If he puts up 15 and 13 with a couple blocks, shoots 50% from the field and five of eight from the line, almost on a nightly basis, that's exactly what the Wolves want from him offensively. And maybe he wants more touches. I mean, we'll see how this thing plays out. But at this point, they just want to win. And I mean, it's still 15 and 13 is far more than what the Wolves typically got out of Vando on a, on a nightly basis last year. So if that's the type of role Rudy plays, I, that's about perfect. He like it was D'Lo early. It was cat late. You know, we'll talk more about Ant here in a minute. He didn't do a whole lot. Jade McDaniels didn't do much offensively in this game. And then Rudy kind of filled in the gaps and the role players, Torian Prince primarily filled in the gaps in the middle of the game as well. So like, I think this is pretty close to how Finn straight up related to that. I want to talk about the type of touches that Towns was getting. I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Edwards. So we're going to do that here next. First though, uh, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn. You simply add the job and then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hired. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. We're just a couple weeks, actually less than a couple weeks from Thanksgiving now. It's time to finish the year strong and hiring the right team member might help you do exactly that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen today. Now for your second listen, be sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, additional takeaways from this game. Let's talk a little bit more about the offense. Um, the Wolves won the the points of the paint battle again in this game. And, and again, no Jared Allen. I get that. But the Wolves have been winning the points in the paint battle almost nightly so far this season. 
even when they've been losing, they've been playing really well in the paint, which is interesting too, by the way, because of how many second chance points they give up on the other end. A lot of times you think of second chance points and giving up offensive rebounds, you think of putbacks and, and um, you know, tip-ins and stuff like that. But the Wolves have been getting beat so often on those like no man's land rebounds right around the free throw line, uh, you know, kind of like just outside the paint that a lot of times they're getting hurt on, on, uh, you know, kickouts for threes or, you know, easy mid-range jumpers that are basically uncontested. We saw that a little bit in this game um, early in the game, but I think it was like the first two or three offensive rebounds the Cavs got were, were th- made three-pointers. And we really saw that on Friday against Memphis when Memphis had like 32 points on second chance, second chance points, and they only had like 16 or 17 offensive rebounds. Just nuts. Um, but anyway, the... The Wolves have done a good job of setting the tone of the paint. They were plus 12 in terms of points of the paint in this game against the Cavs. And um, as the game wore on, they got Carl Anthony Towns some more touches. They got him a couple of natural post touches in the flow of the offense. And the reason that they were able to do that is the Cavs tried to guard him with Evan Mobley one-on-one. And Evan Mobley's a good defender. He's a good rim protector. He's a very good player. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot in this game, by the way. Just four points and four shots was was Evan Mobley uh, for he did have 13 boards, but no blocks and just four points and four shots. But if, if you're going to guard Cat one-on-one, I'm, I mean, pretty much nobody can guard him one-on-one, right? Like if he's on the perimeter, he's going to take you off the dribble. You know, smaller guys, he'll he'll power past them as long as he doesn't commit an offensive foul, which is a lot of times what teams goaded him into last season. You know, fives can't guard him on the perimeter. One-on-one in the post, almost nobody can do that, at least not consistently. Um, unless again, you can get him into foul trouble, which is what teams try and do. You have to double him. So if you're going to let him go at you one-on-one in the post, I I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I I promise you he had, he was almost perfect going against Mobley one-on-one from the field. I mean, Cat finished the game almost perfect. He was 11 of 16 from the field. So better than, you know, like almost what's that like 65%, 67%, something like, no, better than that. Almost 70% from the field in this game. For Cat, uh, three of six from outside the arc, four of six at the line, 29 points on 16 shots. And uh, again, if you try and guard Cat one-on-one, he's going to beat you. And he got some touches in the post, and it wasn't the Wolves weren't calling for low post, t- low post touches for Towns. They, don't, they haven't done that very often under Finch, and certainly not this year. They did it a little last year. But then when teams doubled him, that's what kind of set this. That was one of the issues the Wolves had was Towns was trying to make hero passes, skip passes, behind-the-head passes, softball. Remember the underhand pass, which Towns started doing at least once per game last year? Yeah, I don't think he's done that at all this year, by the way, uh, which is that is significant because that was like a turnover 75% of the time last year. Um but he had a couple of touches. There was one late in the fourth quarter he got against Mobley that was off of an offensive rebound the Wolves got. I think it was Jordan McLaughlin dumped the ball right back down into the post. Maybe it was Kyle Anderson. One of those guys dumped it right back into the post to Towns off of an offensive board. So off of a second possession opportunity for the Wolves, Cat went right at Mobley and got a shot at the rim. And, you know, basically like went, went uh, left shoulder turn, ended up getting a hook shot right at the, basically like, you know, Basically, basically right at the rim, five feet out, something like that. But it was that possession, those sorts of post touches when the defense isn't really set. It's off of an offensive rebound or it's in the flow of the offense. It's a secondary reaction. And the defense either can't bring a double because of where he is on the floor, or where the shot clock is, or won't bring a double for those reasons, or because you're the Cavs and you think you can guard Cat one-on-one. And, and Towns is going to score. 
if you come down and just dump the ball into him in the post or run some false action and, and try and get him a touch, teams are largely going to double cat or do what they did last year, which was guard him with a four and front him in the post or even a three and then bring somebody on the backside to try and effectively trap him and force him into a turnover or a, a careless offensive foul or a forced you know jump hook through a double team. And But instead of that, the Wolves are are getting better at finding ways to find him touches. It's really interesting because that's essentially, you know, Rudy has to find his touches too, but in a different way. The Wolves should basically never call a play for Rudy Gobert. You can call a play for Towns to get the ball anywhere on the floor. He's a legit three-level scorer. He can put the ball on the floor. He can distribute for others. So it makes a ton of sense to call stuff for Cat, but post-touches are the one thing that the Wolves have not been able to do consistently over the past few years um, with, with him like, when he's double, they haven't had the shooters to hurt other teams. Towns doesn't pass the ball well enough to hurt other teams. They haven't had a lob threat like Rudy that could hurt other teams. And now as the will start to work that back into the offense, I think that could really make some sense. Um, offensive rebound on the other end of the floor. The Wolves still struggled here in this game. However, it was much better. I mentioned earlier, the beginning of the game was a little bit rough in that regard. And it was, uh, but the Cavs only had, when I say only, they did have 16 offensive rebounds in this game, which is a little more than you'd like. Uh, five of them by Evan Mobley, incidentally, three by Isaac Okoro off the bench. But again, a lot of those were really early in the game, and it kind of felt like a here-we-go-again scenario, except for the Wolves' offense was scoring so much it didn't really matter. And then late in the game, I thought the Wolves rebounded pretty well. And we said this the other day, but uh, on the show, actually this has been kind of a theme, is that the Wolves' bigs mostly been rebounding the ball well. Like, Rudy is still one of the league's best defensive rebounders. Um, Cat's been okay, the bigger issue has been wings not rebounding. And, and as much as Anthony Edwards struggled offensively in this game, and he did struggle, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. He had seven boards. He was third on the team in rebounds. Jordan McLaughlin had four off the bench in 15 minutes. Um, D'Angelo Russell had only two rebounds, but there, I remember one in particular where it was, a, it was he scooped the ball up. It was just kind of one of those 50-50 no man's ball or no man's land balls. And he got in there and... Um, and scooped it up and went back the other way. And, and those are the balls that they're not typically getting so far this season. Those 50-50 balls, no man's land, the ball's just bouncing around and everyone kind of goes, oh, you got it, I got it, Some, somebody grab it. And then it's like, they, you know, they just don't get those, they haven't just, they haven't been able to consistently grab those. In this game, they flipped some of those around. Ant was a big part of it. McLaughlin, uh, Kyle Anderson had three boards off the bench. This was a team rebounding effort, and overall on the glass, they were a plus seven, a plus seven. They out-rebounded the Cavs 47 to 40, and the Cavs, you know, I get it, no Jared Allen, um, but I talked about this the other day on the show. The Cavs are number one in the league in in not allowing opponents to rebound the ball. So they're number one in defensive rebound rate themselves, or number 10 in offensive rebound rate, and opponents are averaging the least number of offensive rebounds and least number of total rebounds against the Cavs of any of any team in the league or another way of saying that is the Cavs allow the least opponent rebounds of any team in the league. That's a much better way of saying that. Um, but even without Jared Allen, even if that's true, the Wolves did a very good job on the glass in this game. And that was good to see. Good to see that change of pace. Uh, the last thing is the right bench combination. I think we're getting close to finding the right combo. And of course it depends largely on matchups, but Torian Prince, we'll talk more about him in a minute. He was fantastic off the bench. Kyle Anderson was good, kind of picked his spots, had a really nice stretch in there in the middle of the game um, and had the second best plus minus on the team, by the way, for what that's worth. Uh, and Jordan McLaughlin was good as well. Jalen Noel was good. Really, all four 
Wolves bench players, Austin Rivers played one minute defensively, but everybody else, uh, Prince Anderson McLaughlin, Noel, to a man, was very good off the bench. And the Cavs, again, even shorthanded, are a deep team. And the Wolves had an impressive bench performance. And we'll talk about a couple more of those guys and studs and duds here in just a minute. But Finch pushed the right buttons. The Wolves at, you know, finally, I shouldn't say finally, they've been at full strength now for about a week, but are, were able to enjoy kind of that full depth in this game. And it, it turned out really well. Interestingly, by the way, Bryn Forbes, after playing some significant minutes on Friday in Memphis, did not see the floor at all in this game, uh, which I thought was notable. All right, we'll close the show here today with individual studs and duds, as we always do. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. We've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. Fantastic week of football. Uh, big Vikings game on Sunday. Um, I'm not a Vikings fan. That's all I'll say about that. But it was a great game. Um, and uh, lots of fun games around the NFL. Monday night, if you're if you're betting Monday night football, BetOnline is the place to be for that. It's a ton of fun. Um, and I mean, what? We got two weeks left of college football. And of course, basketball, basically every night of the week, is a uh, BetOnline's where you got to be for that. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's close the show today by talking individual studs and duds. Number one stud in this game for me, it has to be D'Angelo Russell. And I have been harder on D'Angelo Russell than any other Timberwolves player over the past several weeks. If you've listened to the show, you know that. I like D'Angelo Russell. I think he could be a better, a good player. I think he is, I, I, I like to remind listeners of this every now and again. I think he's one of the most polarizing players in the NBA because he's he's almost got that like Derrick Rose like stand group where people love him and you've got people that think he's miserable even when he plays well. And of course, as is almost always the case with almost really anything, even beyond basketball, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? DeAndre Russell can be a top, you know, top certainly top half starting point guard in this league. There's a reason why, you know, teams wanted him on a max deal a couple of years ago. There's a reason why he was an all-star back several years ago with Brooklyn. He can be very good. He was very, very good in this game. Good feel, good shot selection. Um, there was only like one time, I think one shot, where I was like, I kind of forced that. Everything else was in the flow. 30 points, 12 assists, 30 points on 13 shots, 11 of 13 shooting, four of five on threes, four of six at the line, a couple of rebounds, a steal, only two turnovers to the 12 assists, was a team best plus 19 in the plus minus in 35 minutes. He was phenomenal. Uh, a really, really good game from D'Lo. 15 of his 30 in the first quarter. He closed strong as well. Was pretty good defensively. One of his two turnovers, the ball just slipped out of his hands out of bounds. It was well the Cavs were making a comeback. So the timing wasn't great, but that's a fluky turnover. Uh, like, really good game. You can't ask for anything more from D'Lo. And uh, he played some minutes with Jordan McLaughlin in the first half. And the two of them together, I thought, played well too. Really, uh, really great game from D'Lo. Fantastic to see it. We talked about this earlier. He got comfortable in the mid-range early in the game and just kind of from there built upon that, had a really good performance. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, another stud, 29 and 13 in this game, 29 points on 16 shots, three of six uh, from three, three assists, a steal, a block, two turnovers, was a plus 15 in 37 minutes. 
Well-rounded performance, only five first half points. I think he had a three in the first quarter and then five total at halftime, but was really good late. And uh, we talked extensively about uh, last segment about how he got the ball on the floor of the offense a little bit. They didn't call as many plays for him, um, you know, to, to get those post touches, but he got some post touches. Also, the Cavs didn't do a great job in getting out on him on the perimeter. And then as typically happens, they began getting really worried about it. He was pump faking, driving and opening up the offense for himself and for teammates. I thought this was a good cap performance um, and very reminiscent of the cat we saw for much of last year. So, you know, slightly less three-point attempts overall. Um, trying to get to the line a little more often. I thought he'd have more than six free-throw attempts with the way he was playing in this game. You know, didn't pass the ball quite as often in this game, but had he had one really nice dime to, I think it was an ant dunk in the fourth quarter when they started to bring a double team, which they hadn't been doing. And he kind of threw the over-the-shoulder pass that he's been throwing and ant got a dunk out of it. Uh, but a really good game from Cat. My third stud, and honestly, I could pick more than three in this game, but if we're limiting it to three, which I try to do, it's got to be Torian Prince. 19 off the bench on six shots. It is really hard to be more efficient than that. Of course, he had 10 free throw attempts, 10 of 10 from the line, one of two outside the arc, 19 points, two rebounds, one assist, no turnovers, only two fouls committed in 22 minutes. He hit massive free throws at the end when the Wolves were only up by two. He needed to hit for sure at least one, but really he needed to hit both free throws, and he did. Um, it's exactly the sort of thing. Marnie and I talked about this on the postcast. It's the sort of thing TP has to do as that veteran leader to maintain that credibility that he already has, but like kind of underline like, Hey, I'm a vet. I'm going to hit these free throws. I'm a role player. I'll score my 19 on six shots in this game. Next game. I may only have a couple made threes and I may play more of a bit role offensively, but I'll step up when you need me. He did that in this game. He was fantastic. I, you know, I'm keeping it to three studs, but Kyle Anderson is very good. Six points, five assists, three rebounds. McLaughlin was good. Six assists, four rebounds in 15 minutes. Jalen Noel had nine points and, you know, mostly played well. Like this was just a well-rounded game for the Wolves. The only dud for me in this one is Jaden McDaniels. And, and honestly, he wasn't horrible in this game, but if I have to pick one, uh, it, and, and we'll talk about Anthony Edwards too, but I, if I have to pick one, I'm giving it to Jaden McDaniels. Nine points, two rebounds, nine points on nine shots, one of 12. He did hit a corner three at a big spot, um, but four of nine shooting from the floor, missed his only two free throws. And that was a terrible segment sequence, excuse me, for Jaden. He uh, thought he was fouled. I think he missed a dunker layup, got the rebound, did get fouled, then missed both free throws, made a frustration foul on the other end, just, just, shoving Robin Lopez for no real reason. And then a couple of possessions later, there was a bad call. It was a six call, you know, got him disqualified from the game. And then he got a technical. I think they were up seven with a minute and a half when he got the T. It was not a good play for McDaniels, not a good sequence for McDaniels. He's got to play better. He's got to play smarter. Um, but we've seen this with him before where he turned, he has a great game, a couple so-so games, and then one bad game. This is closer to the bad game thing on that spectrum. It wasn't horrible. It just was far from his best game. And I, like, I'm not giving him a dud, but it, like the issues for Ant, this was a lot more like what we saw last week. He was very good on Friday in Memphis. This game, he had 10.7 rebounds, which was great. He only had one assist, but he had four turnovers, was 0 of 3 on threes, and didn't attempt a single free throw in 31 minutes. Uh, he did have a little bit of foul trouble. He only played the 31 minutes, five of 13 from the floor. He got a couple, he had a couple really nice buckets in the paint. He should have gotten to the free throw line. That dunk I mentioned on the town's feed along the baseline, he was hacked across both arms, should have gotten an and one. 
like he didn't get a good whistle in this game, but it also like he wasn't super aggressive at times. Um, he had a couple of like he took one ill-advised shot that he made and then was like, all right, I'm going to do this again and then missed it. Uh, we've seen him do that before. Not the best ant game, not the worst ant game, but you expect more than 10 on 13 shots and, and uh, you know, one assist to four turnovers, no free throws and no threes. Like I'd expect him to bounce back. They got Orlando Wednesday. That's a good opportunity for him to do just that. All right. That's all we have for you today. Of course, Tuesday show, I want to break down some lineup data. I want to look at you know, what does McLaughlin and Russell together look like. I liked their minutes in Cleveland. I want to look at some of the Rudy Cat stuff. Now that we've got a few, we haven't done this in about a week. We have a few more games of data. Got a win in there too. So some of the data hopefully will look a little better. So we'll do some lineup stuff Tuesday. We'll peek at the schedule ahead. And then Wednesday, we'll preview Wolves Magic. The Wolves don't play again until Wednesday. Then, then they also have Tuesday, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday off and don't play after that until Saturday. So only a couple of games here in the coming days for the Wolves. But um, a big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Roku or Amazon Fire TV app. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, that's on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and my account, which is below if you're watching on YouTube at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Yet. The Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Also, by the way, I was on the Locked On NBA show with Jackson Gatlin, who also hosts, hosts Locked On Rockets. So go check out the Locked On uh, Locked On today. No, Lockdown NBA today on Monday. Lockdown NBA, by the way, is also Monday through Friday, but on the Monday show, it's more of a national perspective where Jackson hosts and he talks to three three different individual team hosts. And I was one of the hosts he spoke with. We actually talked right after the game. So go ahead and check that out on Lockdown NBA today. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.